forever. Dog. Welcome to another episode of Best Show Bests, the greatest hits of the best show with me, your host, Tom Sharpling. If you like what you hear, make sure you join us every Tuesday night on Twitch at 6 p.m. Pacific for a brand new episode of The Best Show featuring callers, celebrity guests, live music, and plenty of surprises. Enjoy! Hello, Best Show. What up, Tom? Danny in Newbridge Canyon here. How's it going? Oh, ho, ho. Newbridge Canyon, eh? Ooh, fancy. <laughs> Shut up. I... I, truthfully, I, I, I had some good years. That's all I'm going to say, all right? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's good living here. I will say that. Yeah, that's putting it mildly. Uh, that's, I think, the, the, the McDonald's out in, uh, out in the canyon, they give you, like, it's like the food served on plates. Uh, yeah, it's on plates, and there's a little bit of gold speckling in in, in pretty much everything, like fries, uh, burgers, shakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's very fancy out there. Well, congratulations to to you, Danny. Well, thank thank you. Um, I'm not calling to sort of brag about my wealth. I'm I, I'm calling to add something to to the topic. I've I've, I've got a crab apple for you. Okay, okay. Who who should be on the list? Well, a little bit of backstory on this, if you don't mind, okay? No, no, please. All right. So uh, in the early 80s, I was in this talent show at Newbridge Community College, and um, I had this act that I, I was really proud of. And basically, it was a duet I performed with myself, and it was uh, a duet of the song, You're the One That I Want, from the hit film Grease, of course. And um, Sure. I... I I did that super cool, never regrettable thing where you dress up one side of your body as a man and the uh-huh. other side as a as a woman, kind of like a Glenn or Glenda sort of thing. Sure. And when you turn one way and you turn the other way, you change personas. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I had you know I had full Travolta on one side and O O N J on the other, and I would sing. I would turn to face the crowd as whatever uh, person was singing that, that verse. And I did this thing at a bunch of small gatherings with friends, and it always killed. All right? Okay. But when it came time to do it at, at the talent show, in front of, like, mm-hmm. there must have been a, a thousand people at this thing, I, I just couldn't find either of the voices. I, I, I had nothing. So... Basically, I, I, I did the whole act, you know, with the moves and the turns, but just in my own uniquely flat singing voice. Okay. Just really bad. And I'll tell you, it was the longest 10 minutes of my life. See, I, I thought it was going to kill, so I made the song like three times longer than, than it is. Just kind of mm-hmm. looped it. So it just went on and on, and when it was over... The judge, oh, he was brutal. He was so mean. And the judge was Ed McMahon. And he was mean. He was so mean. And this was just before he got the gig on Star Search. So he was just kind of like, I guess, kind of trying out this thing as, as like being a, a judge of talent shows. And, and, and honestly, he had every... 
I don't know. He, he, he basically said, I have no right to ever be on stage again. And he might have been right, but it was very hurtful. So he's my big crab apple. But I, I did get my revenge. That night, I, I had a, a, a friend sneak me into the Newbridge Hilton, and we poured cement in his bed. My God. You poured cement in his bed. Was he in it? Not yet. No, we timed it right before he got in, so it was very wet still when he got in. And, it was just, and then he, you know, he couldn't get out. He was like kind of swishing around, and it hardened, so... And he, he did have to get cut out, which I guess probably wasn't cool. But he, he <laughs> shouldn't have been that mean to me. Yeah, well, that's horrifying, though. That you, you know, yeah, that you. That's the that's a that's a pretty a pretty severe uh, version of revenge. Well, it you know it's it's like that old saying goes. That's why God invented skin grafts. <laughs> I've never heard that old saying. I, I think it's been around since like time, time and memorial. Sure, I uh, well, I I would. I've never heard it up until this second. You're saying it's a really old, well well known phrase. Um, I don't yeah. know. I don't know well, what to say, if Danny. Ever, if you ever say it, please just say that I, you know, it's mine. All right. That that's why God created skin grafts. And then you say, my buddy uh, Danny came up with that. Or didn't come okay. up with it, but he, you know, he, he, he has provenance on it. So He but, turned but, me yeah. on to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah. the, the real crab apple in my life? Yeah. My fiance, Sheila. She's very mad at me. Your fiance, Sheila. Why, why is she mad at you? Well, she, she thinks the film crew I hired to document my marriage proposal was too small. Too small? Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get it. We had two static cameras, uh, three handhelds, boom mic. I was lobbed. Uh, it was basically <laughs> the same crew that shoots all of Kevin Smith's B-roll, who is also essentially the billion-second unit. So I, I, I don't know why, why it wasn't enough, you know, but I'm... Yeah, you know, I'm I'm really suffering the consequences of this. Okay, how how so? Yeah, I'm, you know, just 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 getting yelled at and stuff, you know. And you know, okay. there's a whole other layer of this, which is you know, I'm having huge anxiety trying to keep those dollars flowing in. You know, I'm getting kind of desperate right now. Wait, what, what's what's going on with that? Well, I'm just having a dry spell. You know, my uh, my financial history is both varied and, and, and storied, but. Uh, I can't imagine you want to hear about that. I'm, I'm sure it'll be as tedious as listening to Bruce Springsteen explain his creative process. Well, no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm legitimately curious about this. This sounds, this sounds interesting. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. I'd like, I'd like to hear more about this. Okay. What's going well, on? I've been a flagrant entrepreneur since my my late teens, and and. Amazingly, I had major success right off the bat. Uh, this would have been a couple years after that, that talent show. And so it, it, it happened when my former partner and I co-created The Nightmare Machine. Remember that? The Nightmare Machine? Really? That was you? Yes. Yep. That was us. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, that is wild. I mean, I, I would assume everybody knows 
what a nightmare machine is, but uh, I guess if you if you uh, maybe somebody really young, they're not as prevalent now, I guess, right? Is it, but it's it was a more of a thing when I was a teenager. This thing was wild. There was a little little device that you kind of put alongside your bed when you're going to sleep, and it made these sounds that I guess are best. How would you describe them? Like horror sounds. Is what they, yeah, you know, just like monster sounds. Uh, there's a sound of an exsanguination, that that sort of stuff. Yeah, pretty much just anything that would scare a kid or or an adult, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, and they were pretty amazing because you turn on your nightmare machine, go to sleep. The stuff would totally permeate your 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 subconscious, and you'd go to school the next day and kind of talk about what bad dreams you had with the, with your with your classmates it was pretty um it's pretty wild because you'd be like i had a dream that you know mr you know mr you know albertson uh the math teacher was chasing me around with a with a hacksaw and uh, it could be like I had a dream that a, mum, a mummy, I was fighting a mummy because the sounds would really help shape and kind of inform your dreams. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I, I know of a lot of schools that would have nightmare machine competitions, you know, and, and uh, uh, there'd be prize money involved. And it, it was it was it pretty much took over the the nation for a little while and kids were going nuts for this thing. And we couldn't keep them in stores. There was even a nightmare machine cartoon. I don't know if you recall that, but I'm trying to think of uh, the voices, the main voices were, um, gosh, uh, Ruth Buzzy, uh, Sinbad and, uh, Bullister cult bassist Joe Bouchard. That's right. Yeah. That's a pretty esteemed, uh, uh, cast. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it was it was very exciting, but then you know my my partner Rex and I had this big falling out. I accused him of ripping me off, and truthfully, he hadn't ripped me off. But I, I was pretty paranoid because of my flagrant cocaine issues. I was literally showering in it. Wait, wait, you were doing what? I was showering in, in cocaine. Basically, I had a tank set up in my bathroom that would feed coke into the shower nozzle. And so I would bathe in coke, you know, which is one thing. But I took it a step further where I would use the coke to flush my toilet also, which I admit is probably the biggest waste of money in the history of drug use. That you would use... But the water, your toilet water was like Coke infused. Yeah, so I never touched that Coke. Like, I never got any perks from that Coke. It just, it just was the water that flushed my toilet. Just toilet Coke. Toilet Coke. Now that, I'm writing that down because that is a great, it could be a, an invention. It could be a song title. It could be a wrestling move. I'm just writing that down. Okay. Perfect. Thank you for that. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. 
Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. So who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. So anyway, Rex and I go our separate ways and, and he scored big with several wrestling related ventures and I lost my shirt on my first solo venture. Okay. What was that? Angletown Ranch. What's that? Jangletown Ranch. Jangletown Ranch. What is that? Well, Jangletown Ranch was America's first and only ever, as far as I know, Old West and Power Pop amusement park. Why? Jangletown Ranch. I don't know how those two things would fit together at all. Right. Right? Well, well here, here's the dish on that. Basically, what, what you could do there at this thing was you could ride horses or watch an old-fashioned shootout while the music of the Plimsolls, the Records, the Pez Band, and Shoes blasted at high volume over high-powered speakers. And, Tom, you're, you're not going to believe this, but I flagrantly overestimated the demand for a venture like this. Well, I would say that I don't know if you could... I don't know how you could overestimate demand for that at all. I don't know that there would be any. Oh, yeah, right. Well, no, I think you're right. And I can only blame myself for falling under the sway of a very charismatic man who went by the name of Power Pop Pop Pop. Oh, my God. Power Pop Pop Pop. Well, you've heard that. of them? Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I. that's a, a caller called in so many years ago about uh, he had a whole run-in with him, and it was insane, the the awfulness that went down. Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy, this guy was like the Charles Manson of melodic guitar rock, and People in Newbridge were calling him Paul Pop at one point. He was so, so terrible. And basically, he convinced me to tweak my already-in-the-works Old West amusement park and add this new musical element. And honestly, I'd never even heard of Power Pop before I met this guy. See, I was into cool, thought-provoking music like The Doors and Frank Zappa. You were to what kind of music? Thought-provoking music. Thought-provoking. And what what thought does that music provoke exactly? Uh, the Doors and Frank Zappa together, probably superiority over other humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Knowing everything. He, what's that? Just knowing everything and being above everybody else. Yeah. Doesn't it ever oh. strike you that... Jim Morrison was really, really, really not smart. Well, I'll tell you, a pair of leather trousers can make up a huge amount of ground in that department. Yeah. He, um, no, he, he really had his, his, uh, 
he had his thing figured out. I tell you, he was like the, was he like the, he would have been like a Keith Ranieri type. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Total shaman slash, uh, horrific abuser of both men and women. Yeah. When the volleyball's over. Turn off the we're playing, lights. We're playing. We're playing volleyball at three a.m. Yeah, exactly. Let me, so let me no, rub your shoulders. The snake is on the volleyball court. Just uh, you should be just like father. I, father, I want to serve you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> father, I want to serve to you. That would be. Unbelievable. Jim Morrison playing volleyball like Keith Rainier, Ranieri. Um, <laughs> oh, so, yeah. so when it came time to name the amusement park, I, I, I did some research on, on Power Pop, and I saw this article in, in a magazine called Jersey Beat that used the term jangle to describe what I thought was this kind of music, and I thought it had a cool ring to it, so I called it Jangletown Ranch. But see, I didn't realize that there was a difference between power pop and jangle rock. And, okay. and it turns out there's a there's a big difference, at least according to Power Pop Pop Pop. And and he had this leather bound book that was basically the rules of power pop about hair length, song length, guitar strap length, mm-hmm. what songs could and could and couldn't be about. It was endless. And so he thought bands that jangled couldn't be power pop. Like, like he thought jangly artists like like REM or Let's Active and Tommy Keane were the equivalent of free jazz. Wait, he thought that Let's Active were free jazz. Yeah, he thought they were like out there. You know, compared to mm-hmm. the bands that he liked, like uh, the Snaz, uh, the Fun, the Yes, the No, the Maybe. Yeah, that all of those were um so so to his ears that was like he needed it to be very structured power pop pop pop. Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. Just like straight beats, I like you girl, you like me, that sort of stuff and so, you know, but he was an intimidating guy, so I I basically I let power pop 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 have way too much input into this thing and I was scared of him. I admit it right now. He had this thing called the Popper. And basically the Popper was a miniature Rickenbacker bass guitar that was also a taser. And he, he okay. popped you if, if he was mad at you. And this thing stung. Okay. it's You, you really feel the Popper. Oh, my God. You felt it. And... But years later, karma comes around, and he paid the ultimate price by being barged by the disgruntled power pop community he helped create. So that's that's the whole thing right there. And some some say on clear nights, you can hear his voice way in the distance saying, You stinkers would never have even heard those Heaven Tonight outtakes if it wasn't for me. Wow, so it's like it's like a. That sounds pretty spooky. It is, yeah. That so he's, in a, he's, basic, excuse me. I was just saying he's out there. 
I think he's out there. Some, yeah, some say that he's 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 seeking power pop revenge, which I don't mm-hmm. like the sound of, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. but basically, within like three months, Jangletown Ranch closed. We tried a last ditch attempt to get people to come by staging a bull riding competition between the Newbridge Wranglers rodeo team and members of the of the Rubenus and who else was there? The DBs, the Paul mm-hmm. Collins beat. But it went horribly wrong when Paul Collins shattered both his upper and lower haunches. Oh, my God. On a, on a doing a, a bull riding event. Yeah, yeah. And this thing, the sound was so scary. It was like a rabid bear rolling around in bubble wrap. Oh, my God. So scary. Oh, my God. So people were just vomiting. Oh, so mm-hmm. that that was the end of, of that venture. And then Rex and I thankfully made up, and we scored huge with Beanie Babies. Oh, Beanie Babies, huh? That that was like striking gold. Okay. Well, that was definitely a thing of its of its moment. Oh, it was huge, huge, and and we were making so much dough it was like printing money. Correction, we were printing money. What, what do you mean you were printing money? We, we were earning so much cash, Hanover Fish, that the U.S. Mint couldn't keep up with how much we were earning. So the Mint actually sent us our own printing presses. Hold on. The U.S. Mint actually sent you printing presses and what? Like uh, to just say, like, look, you're making so much money. You get, you guys take care of making it. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. On, on on your honor. And, you know, which which in theory sounds great. But you can imagine how deadly that was for a guy who was ensconced in a nonstop ski trip. That's mm-hmm. like we're constantly doing doing coke. Yeah, no, I followed that. That was pretty, pretty. Oh, uh, sorry, I don't know how tuned in you are to that that scene. Well, no, I pretty much when you mentioned that you had a, a, a toilet that was filled with cocaine infused water that oh, that for you to mention a ski trip, I figured that's what it was. Okay, well, anyway, I was doing so much krell, my entire old factory system shut down. Your what? My old factory system. Old fat old fat old factory system, not old factory. No, it's old factory. It's when you, your sense of smell is so torn up that you can't tell the difference between a new and an old factory. That is not what it is. That is the sure. It it is Danny. That's just not what it is. Class of old factory. Much? It don't sound like you do. Yeah, well, it it don't it don't I don't know what to even tell you to crack to get up to speed on that, but it's not old factory. All right, fair, fair enough. That's fine. But all right, well, I went hog wild because I had so mm-hmm. much money. I was I was buying the biggest and the baddest things, and one of my favorite T-shirt sayings is "Big boys play with big toys." And Tom, I had the biggest toys out there. Sure, you really love you love slogans like that, huh? I do, I, I do, and I had a live-in jet ski. What? What? What's that? 
I had a linen jet ski, which is basically a full-size house that was also an aquatic recreational vehicle. And, Tom, you haven't lived until you've done donuts in Key Biscayne from the comfort of your own bedroom. I, well, I guess I haven't lived then. I, I never even knew that was a thing. You gotta, you gotta get on the live-in jet ski tip. Okay, all right, and that means I need a pool in my own home. No, the home is the jet ski. The home. Okay, well, this is confusing. I, I can't even picture this. I know, right? There was only one mate, and I had it, and of course, I crashed it though. So. What are uh-huh. you going to do? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so this is pretty exciting. You were really going for it, huh? I was. I had so much money, I was pouring it into literally any weird idea I could think of. Uh, what, what did I have? I had uh, a miniature golf scoring pencil that's also a fully functioning hospital-approved x-ray machine, uh, an airplane powered by walrus farts, uh, and something called orgasm slacks that I probably can't discuss on a non-erotic podcast. Are yeah, you on a podcast? It is. This is a, this is definitely a non-erotic podcast. Do you know of any new ones? Because I'm caught up with the ones I, I listen to. I'm not sure of any newer uh, erotic podcasts. I'm sorry. All right, fair enough. But so. None of that stuff ever got past the R&D stage, and Rex said I was wasting his money, and then Rex and I started having big arguments, and we ended up splitting up again, and he went off and made a fortune with the backyard grill you later while I lost everything on two novelty records. I want to hear more about this, please. No, we don't need to talk about that. Come on, seriously, what, 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 what is it? What are the, right, tell me about these one, novelty records. The first song was called, and that's the story of rock and roll. And it was basically a 12 minute epic that connected the characters from decades worth of famous songs. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 what? Johnny like which Good. ones? Johnny B. Good, he falls in love with Peggy Sue, but Miss Molly is, is, you know, is kind of insane. And she tries to kill Peggy Sue with one of the tusks that she stole from the walrus. Walrus, walrus, that's a tough word, it's like Rowids from uh, Black Sheep, Rowids, mm-hmm. Rowids. So she tries to kill with this walrus tusk that she got from one of the Beatles, you know, from the, the song about the walrus, and what else? The, uh, the woman from Stairway to Heaven is Angie from the Stone song of the same name, and she's involved in some kind of illicit criminal enterprise masterminded by Mr. Brownstone from the Guns N' Roses song. Pretty much every every line of the song was like that. This is uh, this is epic. It, it, it is, and and frankly, it was very hard to follow, even for someone steeped in rock and roll history like Robert Christgau, who called it the densest, most convoluted and confusing song ever written, and that lyrically it makes the gas station dogs rock and roll dreams will come through seem like I want candy. Wow. So you really went for the story of rock and roll. I did, yes. And and the chorus was sung by a hundred member children's choir and the lyrics were that that's the story of rock and roll, a genre of music that soothes one's soul. And it's just too weird a, a like a phrase to hear children sing, you know, like soothes one's soul. It's all smeared together so it never made any sense. 
So it, it was a disaster. I think we sold 17 copies, but I had a million pressed up. You made you pressed a million co- like a million copies of the single. Yes. And you sold how many? Uh, Seventeen, I think. Yeah, that's that's not good, Danny. Yeah, yeah, it was Danny. very bad. And the the other novelty song, forget it. We don't. We really don't need to get in, into that one at all. Oh my God, no! Please, please, uh, please tell me about the other novelty song. All right. Well, it was a double and a double entendre song called "Jerkin' My Gherkin," Ugh. and right. it was kind of a, a modern version of that Chuck Berry song "My Dingling." But this was about a guy trying to get the last pickle out of a big jar. Uh huh. Yeah, it had thirteen verses, each slightly dirtier than the last, while still remaining PG. Sure. Sure. Guess how many copies and I pressed up? Guess how many copies you pressed up? Yes. I'm going to say another a million. Two million. Two million. Guess how many copies I sold? You sold 17 of the previous record. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll say this one moved more than this one probably moved uh, 10,000 units. No, it sold 16 copies. So one less than that's the story of rock and roll, your your yeah. pickle song. Yeah, terrible. I mean, I just like I I I had nothing at that point. I was I I had negative money, but thankfully Rex and I teamed up again in 2010 for the Doodle Bops movie, which again, huge money along with the spin-offs, wow. uh Doodle Bop Babies and Doodle Bop Poodles. Doodle Bob, so that you were you were there for that too, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, yep. And uh, you know, and then the money like instantly started pouring in, and we were literally doing that thing rubes on TV do when they get rich all of a sudden. Do you know what that is? Thing rubes do what? What is it? It's it's a song they sing. What we're in the money. Exactly. We're in the money and, and doing that thing where you point your finger. We're in the money. We're in the uh-huh. money. But only only this one didn't end in tragedy. We actually had all this money. Sure. In so you I had all this it. money. And, and and so you're back now. Now you're back. To- totally back. I have a huge falling out with Rex again. And I lose all my money again. Really? Well, yes. you, so you went up, down, up again, and down again. Yep. So I lost it all in 2014 on Podcast the Musical. All right. Please tell me about Podcast the Musical. It's exactly what you think it is. A kid with a dream of letting the world know his very important opinions moves to the big city to make it in the world of major league podcasting. And what what kind of songs were in Podcast the Musical? Oh, my God. There were so many great songs. Oh, God. Um, let me see if I can remember them. Uh, what kind of mic should I buy? Uh, hot takes for days. So many things to say. Uh, fake laughter blues. Uh, this needs to be a two-parter. Um, I think my sound effects suck. Girl, let me talk over you. Uh 
Marin mentioned me. Who are some other ones? Uh, should we sell coffee cups? Um, I'll be on yours if you'll be on mine. And, and the big finale was we made the top 200. My goodness. That is those songs. Girl, let me talk over you. That, that was a really good one. Yeah. It was like, that was uh-huh. like, like punk, punk, punk pop. Yeah. Sure. Um, so that, so podcast, the musical didn't, didn't pay off. No, we, we opened in Philly and it just didn't catch on for some reason. And I don't know, I think it might've been too big city for those goons. Like they, I think they barely had Wi-Fi at that point, but the worst part was the phantom heckler. A phantom heckler. What is, what is that? Every night there'd be this, this heckling sound, but we couldn't figure out where it was coming from. This guy must have been hiding in, in the lighting rig or something, but he had, uh-huh. he had a, a microphone and a portable PA. And, but I'll, I will never forget that voice. It was just like it came from above like thunder. And this is during the show. During the show, every couple minutes you'd hear it. And it would go, oh, this sucks. Just a guy saying, and you're down there in Philly trying to run this show to get ready for, I'm assuming, Broadway. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And you got some Philly guy that you cannot find talking through, uh, through the PA system saying the show sucks. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, one of the one of the crew guys did go up there at some point, and he didn't find the guy, but he found he found like a couple of bottles of uh, what's it called, Yingling beer, and something called peanut chew wrappers. Yeah, yeah, I think I might know who who that was. Oh, geez, well, tell him I'm I'm gunning for him. But all that's in the past now because I have just the thing that's going to put me back on track. Hmm. Yeah, just the thing that's going to put you back on track. All right. I, sh- I sure do. And oddly, it's another song. Okay. Well, tell me, tell me more. Well, this thing is, go- is guaranteed to be a monster. And I, I, truthfully, I've not actually heard the song, but the entire music industry is talking about this thing. Like I said, I'm not one of the lucky ducks who's heard it. But from what I understand, it, it, it goes... Popcorn bowls, popcorn bowls. I sure do miss Grandma's popcorn bowls. They were round and deep, and you wouldn't say a peep when she brought out those popcorn bowls. I mean, this thing is going to be the next I Will Always Love You, or at least the new November Rain. Popcorn bowls. You really think a song about Grandma's popcorn bowl is going to... Be uh, be that kind of that kind of standard, basically. I do ab- absolutely, and if you have any idea where I can get my hands on that publishing, I'd be forever in your debt. I've got a few leads. I've spoken to at least eight people who have who, who have a landlord who might be able to help. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, Danny, I'm going to ask you something, uh, and don't take this the wrong way, okay? Okay, I already am. Um, you kind of have to, in a way, because that's how questions like that go. There's no way to not. 
if somebody tells you to not take something personally, they're about to say something you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, so bad. probably take personally. Yeah. But I'm gonna ask you to just try. Okay. Well, on, um, you've done so many ventures and the ones you've done with your partner, your sometime partner Rex seem to just go light, light it up. Right. And then you have these ones yeah. you've done by yourself and they tend to, it seems like they crash and burn. Um, is there anything to the idea that Rex is maybe the brains behind all the successful ideas? I am so in the flesh right now, Tom. You're so in the flesh right now. I'm, I'm so angry, but I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to take a chill pill. And I will say this. Rex was lucky to have a maverick like me with wild ideas as a partner. Sure, sure he, he scored a massive payday in 2017 with the fidget spinner and then again in 2018 with that video game Brainiac Station. But he's been in the pocket of big math ever since. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And, he's, and I'll tell you really... frankly, I'm embarrassed for him because, because I'm beholden to no one. Of course, outside of my ex-wife, her lawyer Mort, you know, and his constant threats to ruin me over non-payment of, of alimony. But um, I'll tell you, if I could just get my hands on that popcorn bowl song, all my fi- financial problems would be in the rearview mirror. That's for sure. Well, Danny, can I ask why you're you seem to be so uh, so hard up for money? Uh. Tom, have you seen any footage of the, the Capitol invasion? Oh, yeah. No, I've seen a lot of it. Well, those... I'm the guy in the combat gear who made a big production of urinating on Nancy Pelosi's desk but couldn't because I can't pee in front of other guys. I, I, I thought I could, but the, you know, the video, it, it sure doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's you, huh? That's yeah. But but hear me out. I challenge any dude out there to be able to brew up a pitcher of pant lemonade when the eyes of the nation are upon them. I think in the history of of entertainment, only Donnie Most has been able to do it. In the history of entertainment, yeah, yeah, you're right. So it doesn't have nothing. It has anything to do with how repulsive that uh, action was. You're 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 kind of hung up on. The fact that you couldn't uh, make water on uh, in uh, with a camera—it's not easy. You. You, you should try it. Try it right now with a camera. You know, I'm not going to try it right now. I have no interest in this uh, at all. On any in any w- way, shape, or form, do I have any interest in this? And you're kind of skating past the the issue that you were one of the one of the people attacking the Capitol. Well, I'm, I'm well. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm going to pay for it soon. You know, to, to cut a long short, uh, story short, I'm on the lam from the FBI right now, and, and at present I'm cowering in a neighbor's doghouse. But listen up. They will never take me in because, America, I am a patriot, and I will not let the fake news me- Oh, no. What's oh, that? No. Oh, no. Tom? They're, they're here to take you in? There's a whole team of FBI agents just outside the doghouse, and mm-hmm. seriously, 
I heard the FBI agents were big Best Show fans, but I didn't believe it until just now. Why is that? How do you know they are? Well, they must be listening in. They're, they're quoting lines. What lines? Get off my phone. Um, wait, what? One guy's doing old glazer bits. One guy's imitating your soundboard stuff. Wow, these are these are pretty these are pretty deep deep cuts there with the FBI. What are you saying? Excuse me. What were you just saying, Danny? Oh, I'm I'm trying to remember all the names of the other people I was at, at the Capitol with, so I can cut a sweet deal to keep myself out of the hut. Oh, that's was, that's uh, cl- that's that's a that's a first class way to be, huh? There, there was uh, there was Milt Morrison, uh, Sheila Larson, Troy Zepkowski. Uh, your Tim girlfriend. Larson. You're turning your own girlfriend in. Well, you know, she's mad at me. She was very mean to me tonight. Uh, there was Big mm-hmm. Pete, uh, Mark, Mark Schwipple, Little Pete, uh, Claude Morplethorpe, uh, Medium Pete, uh, Bobby Dukowski. Uh, so medium Pete more. was at the thing, huh? He was. He was. Yeah. 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 Wait, are you are you trying to make me feel bad about giving up names? Yes, um, absolutely. I think I I feel like you're you're a, a, a traitor to go to that thing, and you're a rat for you're ratting out your own friends for your for your uh, for your for your safety and for your well, your freedom. Well, put, put yourself in my shoes. I can't go to jail. If I can't be in front of other guys, I certainly won't be able to do the other stuff. Okay, well, maybe you should have thought of this before you uh, did what you did, huh? Well, I know, I know. But, uh, look, it looks like the end is, is kind of nigh for me, so uh, there's only one thing I can really, really say or do, and that's, I got chills, they're multiplying, I don't have it, and I'm losing control, cause the power you're supplying, it's electrifying, alright, here we go, you better shake, cause I need a man, I still have it, and my heart is set on you, you better shape up, you better understand, <clears throat> to my heart I must be true, there's nothing left for me to do. You're the one that I want! Oh, no, I don't have it. You don't have it. It's frustrating. Danny? Oh, how about that? Because that's the end of Danny. The Best Show is produced in partnership with the Forever Dog Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Tom Sharpling and features John Worcester, Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, and Michael Lisk. The show is produced and written by Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Michael Lisk, John Worcester, and Tom Sharpling. The Best Show is executive produced by Tom Sharpling, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. The show is engineered and mastered by Andrew Gleason. 
website and technical support provided by Martine Sellis, and the show is recorded at Forever Dog Studios in Los Angeles. Support The Best Show on Patreon over at patreon.com slash thebestshow, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram over at Best Show for Life. That's Best Show number four, Life. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>